This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Uh, baseball is on the brain, and who better to talk to than yeah. Gabby Sanchez, who joins us now here on Packer and Durham. Uh, first of all, Gabby, uh, always a pleasure. Good to see you up and early and moving around. <laughs> Get the kids out the house. Time to talk a little baseball. Uh, life is good, uh, but man alive. Uh, this tournament never disappoints. And after the first full weekend, a lot of top seeds move on, but so many cool storylines as we head into the Super Regionals. Uh, a lot of really cool storylines and Notre Dame, of course, everybody expected them to have a regional or even a super regional. I was even putting them where they could even host a super regional. They get out, they go to Statesboro and they do what they're going to do. They win ball games. And all of a sudden now they're going to be going up against a Tennessee team. And that's going to be a fun one there. Gabby, that regional in Statesboro, of course, it started, it got pushed back a little bit. Uh, and that night, that, that Friday night, Notre Dame got in that one game. I know you play by play and color analysts when you get that rain delay. Just what was that like that Friday? And then eventually, oh, we, we got one game in that day. Oh, man, uh, it was it was something else. I, I've never done three games in one day. So doing that was definitely something special. Uh, I'll I'll knock it off that little bucket list. I don't want to do it again because that was a lot. <laughs> but, you know, you, you get the first game, Texas Tech-Notre Dame. Both yeah. number one guys are out there, Morris, Bertrand, and they, they throw one inning. And then right. here comes a lightning delay eight miles away, and that thing pushed in quick. And now after, what was it, six and a half hours, we finally get to get that game resumed. Bullpins are being used on both sides. To me, that was probably the most important game for either one of those teams because whoever won that game was going to have a leg up going forward. Um, Notre Dame was ending and was able to pull it off in a 3-2. I mean, just a crazy regional. How about two games got decided on wild pitches? You had one game decided on like just craziness all over. Fun regional to call. Um, the two teams that I expected to be in the championship game were in the championship game where it was Texas uh, Texas Tech versus Notre Dame, and then Notre Dame was able to pull it off um, there at the end. But Texas Tech definitely had their chances, but Notre Dame does what Notre Dame does. They play really good baseball. They pitch really well. Their bullpen is outstanding, and you know they do enough to get the job done. Gabby, Tennessee has been the best team in college baseball during the regular season. Yeah. They play in a ballpark that's conducive the way they play. They can play anywhere. They, they got power. They got swagger. They're just incredibly talented. So if somebody's going to knock off Tennessee, how are they going to be built? Is it going to be a team that's going to be explosive? Is it a team that's got great pitching? It's got to be a combination of whatever. So you tell me, what's the perfect case scenario of a team that can knock off the Volunteers, whether it be in the Super Regionals or potentially even in Omaha? I mean, it's got to be a combination of all. You have to play perfect baseball when you're playing against a team like Tennessee. Uh, the pitching staff is outstanding. They led the nation in in the uh, ERA, yeah, we talk about the home runs that they could hit the ball out of every single ballpark. So they're going to put up runs. So what you're going to need to do, like a team like Notre Dame, which has the ability to probably be able to do it because they don't make mistakes on the bait pass. They, they play really sound defense and they have the pitching staff to be able to at least maintain that offense a little bit. And what it's going to come down to is can the Notre Dame bats score some runs against that Tennessee pitching staff? Um, I think they can. They have enough offense in there to be able to do it. 
They're going to have to play their small ball like they've always been playing. Link Jarrett, I guarantee you, is going to have a really good game plan going up against their pitching staff of how we're going to how they're going to want to go up against them. Um, but you have to play sound baseball. You cannot make any mistakes. Errors are going to definitely kill you when you're playing against a team like Tennessee because one little hiccup, they can score four or five runs in an inning. Gabby, the the notion of Notre Dame, the fact that they went on the road last year to Starkville in a super, pushed them to the limit in that three-game yeah. series. Mississippi State goes on to win the national championship. Similar kind of feel here with Tennessee going on the road. How does that help and that experience help a team like Notre Dame going into this one? It, it does help a lot. Uh, here's the thing. They had a video, and I got to see the video, and it talked about going to those Supers and losing and watching that team then go on and winning a national title. And it was a really cool video because every single guy was talking about the experience that they had there and then using that to fuel them this year, knowing that we were there, we were so close, we had it, now we need to get it done. And I think any of those little things that happen, this team has already been there. They know what it takes to to get to that point. They know what it feels like to lose in that point. And I think that that will give them some fuel. They have the experience. They're an older team. And then you have the veteran coach in Link Jarrett that, in my opinion, deserves a lot of accolades because, man, what he's been able to do in that with that program, especially having to you know, the, the academics parts of it and not being able to leave your midweek games, those kind of struggles and still keeping this team together in that right path, playing the baseball that they've been playing. I think all of that together, they, they really are built like a family and they're playing for one another and, and they're playing to win. They're going to have to use that. They're going to have to use a little bit of extra. They're going to have to have that little magic sauce when you're playing against a team like Tennessee can they do it? I do think that they can because really at the end, pitching and defense is what wins you championships, and pitching and defense is what Notre Dame has. Uh, from an ACC perspective, we got four teams in the Super Regional. Who gets it started first? That'd be Virginia Tech Friday at 3 in the afternoon. Uh, Hokies have been a great story. They can rake. They put 46 runs on the board in their three games in the Regional. Uh, they're hosting, as I mentioned, make their debut in the Super Regional. What about this team? Is this team built now to get to Omaha? Here comes Oklahoma with playing with a ton of confidence. It's a great matchup. Uh, what's your thoughts on Virginia Tech moving forward? My thoughts are that they're playing good baseball right now. They're hitting the ball. They could hit the ball out of the ballpark. They've got players who are coming you know, through right now. Gavin Cross had himself a heck of a regional. You need him to continue that into Supers. You need those guys on that team to get together. They're going to put up runs. They're, they're going to give up runs, and it's going to happen. Now, can they outslug anybody in this field? Probably they can. I mean, the team like maybe Tennessee might be there with them to be able to outslug, but I, I still feel like Virginia Tech will be making their way into Omaha for the first time, and that's what I feel. I feel like they have the right team. I feel like they're playing really good baseball, and not only that, I think they have the confidence. And I, baseball – Confidence always wins out. I think their confidence right now is at an all-time high. And I, I got to give it to them that I, I really do feel like they've got this going forward. Gabby, North Carolina uh, hosting Arkansas, an Arkansas team that 
was the prohibitive favorite last year, and they get bounced in a super. They were very inconsistent this year. But then they, they, it seems like they found themselves just at the right time, and now they go into a North Carolina team that you know, play, played fine over the weekend, bounce, had to bounce back through the elimination bracket, take down Georgia, take down VCU twice. What do you make of this situation for North Carolina at home against a team that is very, very experienced? Yeah, well, it's fun. You get that SEC versus the ACC yeah. going together, that battle. You know, both of these teams are battle-tested, playing in, you know, the best conferences in NCAA. Um, so that experience is going to definitely help each of them. For me, UNC has been playing extremely good baseball. You talk about the little hiccup, but they were able to bounce back, and that's what good teams do. They bounce back. They won the ACC uh, championship tournament. So, uh, you know, everything of that coming together, for me, they're one of the hotter teams in NCAA right now. Not usually the best teams maybe throughout the whole entire year win. It's the hottest teams at the end. Like if you take it into, let's say, MLB baseball, a lot of times the the last teams to get in, the ones that have to make that final push to get to where they're at, those are the ones that usually go off, those wild card teams. Well, for me, UNC was like that. They were, you know, okay during the season. And then all of a sudden at the end, they just took off. The pitching staff came together. Guys started, you know, really doing really good job hitting wise. Uh, you got, you know, freshmen like Vance Honeycutt who has just exploded and, and you got Mac Horvath. So you got a lot of guys in that lineup that are experienced as well. Um, but it's going to, this is going to be a fun one. I'm actually going to be there calling these games, uh, UNC versus uh, Arkansas. So I'm, I'm going to have a good time calling this game. I think it's going to be really good baseball throughout. By the way, uh, 75% chance of thunderstorms Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. <laughs> I, I, I'm just Gabby, I'm just wrestling with you. I have no Come on, thing man. I do. I, I, Don't do that to me. <laughs> Don't do that to it's me. Extend I Wednesday. To that. that super is going to be going on during the CWS. I don't know how it's going to happen. Yeah, we'd like though. to earmark you for next Wednesday if you can make time to discuss game one. No, we have no apparently, idea. Apparently, I'm going to still be doing game one at that time. So. That's it. You got it. Uh, Louisville, uh, of course, survives Michigan and beat them twice they pounded them put a 20 spot and then of course the rally in the eighth inning to eliminate them uh but man they're hitting the baseball too they're scoring a ton they're used to the being in this super regional but you're going to texas a&m a really talented team another acc sec matchup coming up in college station Uh, i mean again another fun one there and and you're right louisville they've been hitting the ball extremely well uh the one thing that I look at is maybe that pitching staff, can they hold down Texas A&M? I, I think they, they can. You're, you're talking about a three-game series. It's going to be a fun one to watch because I feel like both those offenses are going to go off, and it's going to be whoever's got that last A-B might be the one that wins it. It's going to be interesting, and I wonder how a team like Louisville handles it going into College Station, Gabby, where they get the fortunate call there at the end of that game, and now you go into College Station where – you heard uh, Masterman say in the interview yesterday here on Packer and Durham, we got nothing to lose. Uh, be, being yeah. a road team in a super regional, you don't want to play in that environment, but at the same time, you're not expected to win. What What is that from the neck up going in as a baseball player? Well, for me, it all depends on how you're going to feel and how you're going to take that. You know you're going to have a big crowd. You know the crowds are going to be crazy. They're going to be loud. Are you able to use that crowd for yourself? They're not going to be cheering for you. You're going to have guys cheering for you. Of course, you're going to have your fans that are going to go out there and, 
and they, they travel well, but you're still going to ha- be able to use that crowd for yourselves as well. Because here's the thing. If you go out there and you start to put runs on the board and you silence that crowd, well, guess what? That helps a player out. So going out there and basically being like, hey, it's the fans, it's the place, it's it's the energy that's in this building. We got to use that too. That's not only for their, their side, that's for our side. And then you have to also look at, you know, the situation when you go out there, you know, how's the batter's eye in center field? Are there certain spots on the field that we got to look at? Those are those walkthroughs that you're going to be able to do prior to the games to get yourself situated with the field and as comfortable as you possibly can. Uh, we would, I would do that all the time. Every single time we would go to a new ballpark, you kind of just walk around and see the area, see where you're going to be, see how the ball jumps off the fence, see how it goes off the grass or turf, wherever it is that you're going to be playing. And, and you use that. But for me, it's going to be the energy of the crowd. And if you're able to use their energy basically against them, because it happens, you're going to have the just jitters. And it, you're going to be excited when you're out there playing. It's going to be loud. How are you going to be able to turn that into a positive for yourself as a team? I think Louisville, they have the players. They have the swag. And with that mentality of we got nothing to lose, you never want to go play against a team that that's their mentality of, hey, we got nothing to lose, man. We're going out there. We're going to have fun and play. Gabby, before we let you go, uh, Matt and I were talking about this last hour, about how difficult it is to win this tournament. And the fact that the number one overall seed has not won the College World Series since 1999, where your beloved Miami Hurricanes pulled it off. Why is it so hard? (laughs) Why is this so difficult as the number one overall seed to close the deal? Uh, you know why? Because the number one seed, that is the best team basically during the regular season. That doesn't mean that you're the hottest team going into the tournament. And for me, the hottest team going into the tournament is usually the one that wins. It's not the best. You might have been playing the best baseball all year round, but if all of a sudden maybe that offense isn't clicking that great, maybe that bullpen got a little bit overused and now they're a little bit tired. It's usually the team that comes in that's really hot at the end of the year. Those are the ones that kind of take off. And on the ones that win, they're the ones that are playing good baseball. So that's kind of why you don't see too many number one seeds. Because when you're looking at the field right now, you you got really good ball ball clubs going against you. you got 16 teams left. Every single one of them can pitch. All of them can play defense. And they can all hit. And in any given three-game set, you can lose. Tennessee can lose two out of three. Does it mean that they were not the best team in college baseball? Yeah, they were. But in a three-game set, anything could happen. The ball all of a sudden you know, bounces, goes over a guy's head. You score a couple runs. Bullpen's able to shut it down. The bats got cold. It's not easy. Baseball is a tough game, and it's a beautiful game because at any point and at any time, any team can win. Just because you were number one throughout the whole entire season – doesn't mean that you're going to go out there and everybody's just going to be like, all right, you're number one. Uh, just go ahead and, and take the trophy. You, you guys got it. You deserve it. No, they're going to go out there and they're going to play. And that number one, you have a bulls on your back where every single team wants to beat you. The fans, they don't want to root for the number one team. They want to root for the underdog because it's always fun rooting for the underdog. So you, you got all those kind of things coming together. No, it's a great point. I mean, you, you go to a super regional aspect of it, and everyone loses two of three, right? Everyone's lost two of three when it gets to that point for a weekend yeah. series. Last thing here, Gabby, 
four ACC teams are in the Supers. You have Notre Dame, North Carolina, Louisville, and of course, Virginia Tech. Of those four, how many do you think get to Omaha? It's tough. If I if I had to choose right now, I would say two. I would say Virginia Tech and UNC would be my choices to, to go. Doesn't mean that Louisville can't pull it off. Doesn't mean that Notre Dame can't pull it off. But if I'm giving my honest opinion, I think they have the best chances to move forward. For Louisville, it's going to be all about that pitching staff. If you can keep runs off the board, you know they're going to put up runs. You know that, that those bats are going to be there but you need to be able to stop the other team from scoring as well. Um, so I think that if I'm just going to go out there, I'm saying two teams. All right. You're on record. Uh, we'll do our best. On record. Uh, we'll do our best rain dance for you for Chapel Hill. So you get those games in this weekend. we got coach Forbes coming up next hour, but uh, always appreciate the time. Get some rest and enjoy it, my man. Oh, thank you very much. It's going to be a lot of fun. You got Gabby Sanchez breaking it all down for you. Quick break. When we come back, Matt and I are going to talk a little college football. We're going to go specifically the Atlantic Division of the ACC, which in my opinion for 22 may be the most underrated division in college football. We will explain when we return. Packer and Durham. Matt Chick filling in for Wes. Guys right here on ACC Network. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer and Durham. That's it. Chester and Fuller making sure that uh, Schick's life is miserable for at least another hour and a half. Yeah, come sit on my lap here. Yeah. Well, normally, you know, he leans up on Wes and uh, they're best buds. <laughs> Buddy Wes, that's what he calls him, you know. That's right. Uh, we appreciate Gabby Sanchez joining us. All right, yeah. we're going to switch gears, talk a little football. Um, I made this comment a couple months ago, and I may be dead wrong, but I don't think so. I think the ACC's Atlantic Division is going to be the one division for the upcoming football season, Matt, that gets completely overlooked by the national media. Right? You'll get the, all the SEC pom-pom waving, and I get all that. It's a great league. You'll get the Big Ten East, which is loaded, as you well know, since you cover a lot of mm-hmm. Big Ten. Uh, but I think the ACC's Atlantic Division with Clemson, Wake, NC State, I think they're all three going to get a ton of preseason love, per se, top 15, top 20. But I think the next tier underneath that, I think Louisville is going to be dangerous. I think Florida State's going to be dangerous. And I think Boston College is going to be underrated too, my opinion. What's your take? Well, I agree with you about Boston College because Halfley just is a really, really good coach. Um, and Dracovic is back. He was, he was out, he's a really good quarterback. Um, the, the NC State, are we, are we walking through the, the dangerous waters of trusting NC State? Like, are we ready to do that? Like, even NC State fans I know are out there going, leave us alone. Don't talk about yeah, us. Yeah, but wait a minute now. I will say, I hear what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? And, and I grew up in this state, so I, I get it. All right. But a year ago, it was Mac Brown in North Carolina getting all the right. preseason top 10 love and hype. And, and look what happened. I understand that. And NC State fans are sitting back going, hey, what about us? You guys are completely ignoring us. Well, this year, Fast forward the clock. It's a total role reversal. It's like North Carolina has been completely forgotten about, given that they had a disappointing year, no quarterback, yada, yada, yada. And here's NC State. Devin Leary, everybody back. A team last year that beats Clemson, 
right? On the cusp of maybe finally knocking down the door. They got everybody and their brother coming back. I think NC State's going to get a ton of hype. A ton of hype. Devin Leary is, there are so many articles about Devin Leary right now going, here's the quarterback you need to know. He's not getting enough love. He's not getting enough attention. Right. Now he's getting a lot of attention. Like those articles need to stop because he is getting a lot of preseason love. Was still 30th in QBR last year, but you can see the trajectory that he's on with NC State. It all comes down to, does Clemson rebound? I mean, this is really what the the ACC Atlantic is all about. Does Clemson rebound off a ten win season? Off of a ten win season, right? Like I talked to one of their. I was at the Under Armour All America game. Talked to one of their recruits on the sideline, and I said, uh, "Does Clemson bounce back? You know, from their ten win, their down win, uh, down season, which was ten wins." He's like, "I know, right? This is what Clemson is, but that's where the standard is." And the fact that Clemson has moved into the category of, can you, 10 wins just not good enough shows how Dabo has lifted uh, the, the, the boats of this league and, and of this conference and, and, and at Clemson. I am, I do think Clemson uh, bounces back here this year. I, I really do. I don't, I don't know what happens at the quarterback position. I think that's a real big question mark. But you don't string top 10 and top five classes together and not not put it together in that conference and so uh, I, I like NC State a lot I think a lot went well for them last year and specifically it helps when Clemson isn't what we expect um, are they going to be what they what we've expected in the past I think they're going to look more like that than they did last year to be honest with you I think their defense is going to be filthy yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. I think their defensive front will be the best in college football. Uh, if you get any kind of production at quarterback consistently, they'll be just fine. Thank you very much. If they struggle at quarterback, they'll have another season like they did a year ago. Where you know what? They'll be talented enough to be in every single game. And they may win most of them like they did last year, winning 10. Even a lot of folks were bearing the program as if it was dead and gone. And they could even become bowl eligible, which was almost laughable by some folks in the media. Uh, what about Wake Forest? I mean, hey, no disrespect. They're, Dave Clawson's guys won the division last year. And you talk about 100% everybody and their brother coming back on the offensive side, Sam Hartman. Mm-hmm. They're going to score a ton of points. Got news for you. That's not going to change. Is their defense going to change? Uh, it needs to get better. <laughs> but they won 11 games last year. I know. They were really fun to watch. I think Army just scored another touchdown against them. Yeah, but they beat Army. I understand that. The objects to have more points than the that. other guy. I totally get it. Um, can you stop? Can your defense rise to the occasion a time or two so Sam Hartman doesn't have to throw four or five touchdowns? I mean, look, look at this pack. But they're going to score four I or five underst- touchdowns. I understand. I can that. tell you're not buying it. I, like, I love it. Dave Clawson. I love Sam Hartman. I love the entire team. I think it's it's a great story, and I think he's. The fa- I mean, if he could be a lifer there, uh, this program's in great hands for many years to come. Um, and, and you're in a you're in a division where I think you can get away with not stopping everybody uh, on every down. I think you're they're going to be okay, just like they were last year. Uh, but that that defense and the stress that it puts on an offense to continue to keep going. Sam Hartman and company are going to put are going to continue to light it up. Uh, but your margin for error. You know, it's like a tennis match where you're breaking serve. Can you get broken a time or two? We saw that last year, and I made the joke about Army. I mean, that's embarrassing, right? Like you can't you can't have games like that. So, 
we know what college football has become. It's become an offensive sport, and I think Sam Hartman is one of the best in the game. But can this team, when you need a stop, get the stop? That's going to be a question. Well, I would say this. You can have games like that when you're the guy that has scored the most points. <laughs> now, would I want to be confident enough to say, hey, listen, I'm going to the biggest shootout known to man, and I can't stop anybody? That That's a problem. I, I understand that. But if you keep winning those, I mean, you won 11 you got everybody back on the offensive. Wake is going to score points. That is going to happen. Grab your popcorn when the Deeks have the ball now. They they are. Let me go through their their schedule here. Uh, VMI, Vanderbilt, Liberty, looking good. I mean, the season gets defined at the end of at the end of Clemson at the end of September with Clemson. And same thing with NC State. Right, right. right. You they go get to Clemson the next week. That's right. You go to Florida State. You got Army, BC, Louisville. I mean, the the, the schedule is manageable you know Syracuse doesn't look like a team that's going to be bouncing back and winning seven eight nine games um Duke has fallen on hard times North Carolina what are they going to look like with a new quarterback so you know Louisville is walking on thin ice there was it was Satterfield how does that program look so I'm uh, there are here's the good thing about Wake Forest is you are positioned where you've got you've got a solid foundation you know who you are and you can outscore these teams. I wouldn't put it past winning 10 games this year. I absolutely wouldn't put it past them. Uh, but again, does you, you could be the second best team in the Atlantic and be the you know 15th, 20th best team in the country. And, and at Wake, that's, a, that's an achievement. That's great. Well, and I think Clawson, they could do that. Yeah, Dave Clawson's done a remarkable job. The, the, to me, you, you got the whole combination of Clemson-NC State-Wake in the Atlantic mm-hmm. over here, right? Because I think, like I said, preseason – I suspect you're going to see all three of those teams ranked in the top 15, top 20. I think Clemson, you'll see some single digits, obviously. Uh, But that next tier is what intrigues me the most about the Atlantic. Because I think Louisville and Malik Cunningham and their entire offensive Mm -hmm. guys back for the most part, uh, they're going to score. right Now, again, defensively, what are they going to be? I have no idea. That's that's the million-dollar question. Mike Norvell, Florida State. I thought the second half of the season, they impressed me. I mean, that, that thing could have gotten haywire on Florida State after the 0-4 start. They battled back. Boston College, I'm buying. I love Jerkovic. I love Zay Flowers. I think Jeff Halfley knows what he's doing, and I think their defense is going to get better. So those three on the other end, and no disrespect to Syracuse fans who are watching or listening, but I don't think they're as good as those other three teams. I'm kind of curious to see what that combination of Louisville, Florida State, and Boston College delivers. How big of a thorn in the side can they be to the Wakes, the States, and the Clemsons? With Jeff Halfley there, you know that they are going to be there. Um, Zay Flowers, right? Talked about how he had opportunities and decides to stay. That combination, you you get a – we saw what Jordan Addison and Kenny Pickett could do. You get a quarterback-wide receiver combination that can light it up and stress the defense – you're going to be able to to score some points. Um, both losses to Clemson have been by six points that that Jeff Halfley has had there at Boston College. So I, I wouldn't put it past BC to to st- put stress on other teams as well. I saw that they were uh, plus three thousand to win the Atlantic. That's a pretty good long shot. I mean that's a that's a pretty good long shot bid, but I don't I, I don't think they compete for it. But I'm like I'm with you. They are going to cause a lot of problems 
for teams that do have a shot to win that division. So think it's Clemson's deal, though? Yeah, I do. I do. I I think the the tales of Clemson's demise are long exaggerated. No. You don't recruit at that level and think it's over. You know, you hear fine bombs. It's over. It's over with Clemson. It's not over. I think the big question is, what does, you know, with the coordinator switch for the first time, with Elliott and Venables, what does that look like? The structure is there. The foundation is there. It's just this was the first year that they just missed on the quarterback. The quarterback didn't perform. Look at the long line. The law of averages says at some point it was going to stop or you were going to have a hiccup. They had it last year. You had DJ Uyungle on Dr. Pepper ads in the preseason. He hadn't done anything yet except a really good game last year against Notre Dame, but he hadn't been the guy. Then he's the guy, and maybe it was too much. Maybe the expectations were too high, but they recruited too high of a level. Now I think they know what they have at the quarterback position, and maybe you're winning in spite of, not because of, but I I just trust that program too much to think that they're not, um, to, to not think that they're going to win the division. Can you imagine? calling out a program and saying it's over and they've only gone 11 consecutive years when in 10 or more I mean, games. It's just a, how out of touch you have to be a, with your commentary it's absurd. to make that comment? It's, a, it, it's absurd to think that anything is over when all you've won is double-digit games. Like what, it's just because the bar is set so high. How many times have people said, uh, this Saban dynasty is over? Like what? Like you, you recruit at a certain level, your drop-off is 10 games. That's, right. That's why a down year is 10 games, because you recruited a high level. And people aren't transferring out. I mean, they're not losing players. They just got to hit on the quarterback. And that's a big reason why that they've won 10 straight for 10, 10 plus for 11 straight. Yeah. And I think if the quarterback plays consistent, you know what? They got a chance to win the whole thing. Yeah. That's what I think. We'll see how it plays out, though. Uh, but again, we're starting to get to that time of the year. You get in the mid to late June. You get stuff. You got all the magazines starting to get cranked out. Everybody's starting to get the predictions. Media Day is about a month away. Uh, we'll get in all that stuff. Quick break. I'll take, take calls, too, if you're in the mood. 844-SAY-ACCN is the number for the show. 844-SAY-ACCN. We get back to baseball, though. We asked you yesterday. We asked you again today. Is this the hardest championship to win? We're talking about getting to Omaha and winning it all. Four ACC teams get ready for the Super Regional beginning on a Friday. North Carolina gets cranked up Saturday. All that coming up next right here on Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Packer and Durham. Matt Schick filling in for Wes. You got the number at 844-SAY-ACCN. That's 844-SAY-ACCN. Coming up in the Power Hour, Ryan Matz of Virginia Tech will join us at the top of the hour in about an hour from now. Scott Forbes running the show for the North Carolina Baseball Program. Uh, off suspension, and uh, he's allowed to come back to the show. So uh, we're good to go with uh, Forbes. So, so we're looking forward to that. All right, we talked about this uh, in hour number one how difficult it is to win the College World Series. Now, granted, the ACC won it with Virginia back in 2015. As we pointed out, the Atlantic Coast Conference, the only conference since 2015 to win the college football championship, men's and women's basketball, baseball, and softball. No other league's done it. The ACC has since 2015. But winning this one, the road to Omaha, has proved to be difficult, Matt. 1999, the last time the number one overall seed did it, that was Miami. That means this entire century, 
nobody who comes walking in as the team has been able to say, guess what? We'll dogpile right there in Omaha. It's kind of crazy to think that that would happen. Four of the, only four of the 16 teams left have won a national championship. How about that? One-fourth of the teams. Think about any sport where you think you get to the round of 16, only 25% of the field has ever won a national championship in it. Just four of these 16. And so that that leads and begs the, uh, it leads to the argument of, yeah, this is, this is really tough to do. And I thought Gabby Sanchez brought up a, a really good point about just the nature of how the tournament works. It's one thing if it's, and maybe it helps a top seed if it's just not double elimination, if it's one and done. Because you throw your Friday night guy, you know, you're not testing your number two, your number three if you lose the second game. Because once you get depth in the pitching staff, you get deeper into the rotation, things a little uh, even out a little bit. But even Tennessee has lost a weekend series. They lost a weekend series, and this is the best team that we've ever seen, right? That a lot of analysts are saying. They lost a weekend series to Kentucky. Kentucky didn't make the field of 64, and they lost two or three to Kentucky. So you get to the Super Regional round, you lose a weekend series, which is essentially what it is, and you're done. Who doesn't lose two of three throughout the course of the season, no matter if you're the greatest team we've ever seen or not? So... That's why you get to this point and you say, look, that you only have to win two games to get out of the weekend, which means you only have to drop two games to be out. And it's not like, hey, you can lose the first game and win three of the next four like in a regional. No, you lose that first one. Plus, you win the first one, you have an 80% chance of making it out of the Supers. Well, I think that's the key for Notre Dame, don't you? They have to win the first one. If you win game one, you basically have made a statement and you say, guess what? All the pressure's on you, big boy. You're at home. You're the team that's supposed to do this, but you got to now beat us twice. So I think that first game with the Irish and Notre Dame is beyond Notre Dame and Tennessee is absolutely they've, critical. They've beaten, they've beaten a number one team before in a super regional on the road. 2002, they won at number one Florida State. So this this program is 20 years ago, but even last year going into Hattiesburg and pushing Mississippi State to the limit at Duty Noble, which is one of the best stadiums in all of college baseball, and they flood that thing. Yeah. Um, they went out there and pushed them to a third game and really, by all intents and purposes, could have and should have won that series. They didn't, and Mississippi State goes on to win the national title. So there's a, there's a notion out there that, yeah, you walk into Lindsey Nelson, it's going to be a real tough place. You know, the center field wall is lower than home plate. I mean, it's a downfield uh, environment, and it's it's going to be an uphill battle for, for Notre Dame, no doubt. Yep, no question. We'll take some phone calls and then go uh, back to social media again. 844-SAY-ACCN is the number for the program. Uh, Stephen is in Little Rock, and he wants to jump on board this morning. Stephen, good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing? We're great. Can, What's going on? I can, I can attest. That yes, in uh, NCAA baseball, it's the hardest to win an NCAA title. Remember, in 2018, all Arkansas had to do was catch the ball, a hop, fly ball, routine fly. <laughs> they yeah. dropped it between three people. That's something. And then the rest of the, the then they had another they had another game to come back and and they seemed flat as a pancake. Then, last year, Arkansas came in as the number one team all season long. They was number one. 
and they ran into uh, a, a, a bus off named by uh, North Carolina State and got That's eliminated it. before you. And and this is a reason that we just we just got to plan. So, yes, NCAA baseball is the hardest to win a national championship. Stephen, I appreciate your comments. And, Matt, as you pointed out, even last year when NC State went in to, to play Arkansas, they got absolutely woodshedded. In game one, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, this, this is ugly. It's over. And guess what it's happened? It's over. I mean, it, bang, then bang. They, they take the next two from a prohibitive favorite to win the national championship. That's baseball, right? And, yeah. you know, they relied on Kevin Copps and uh, maybe a little bit too much there in that series and in that season, but – he was great. That team was outstanding. And they did the irony that a number one overall seed in Arkansas gets bounced from the Supers at home. And now an unseeded Arkansas team is looked at as a team that could give North Carolina a, a test in Chapel Hill. And the Hills, by the way, have won six of seven Super Regionals that they have hosted. So tag your it. We'll get in that with Coach Forbes coming up around 930. Uh, here's some more tweets uh, from our question about, is college baseball the hardest tournament to win as far as the NCAA goes? Uh, ACC Guru says, hey, FBS football. How about that? <sighs> It doesn't exist, but I like that. That is, that is true. That is true. I don't – listen, football, again, I put this over here to the side because keep in mind the NCAA has nothing to do with the college football playoff. Zero. But then he says – but then he says the real answer is basketball, which is there, – there is randomness. Look, you can look and say St. Peter's beating Kentucky, okay? Those things happen. Those, those one-offs. That's a game. It's a game. It's not a national championship. It's not the natty. And look who winds up winning it, right? So I, the, the path to it is, is a challenge uh, in, in March Madness and the NCAA tournament. But by and large, if you're a number one seed, you're one of those four number ones. You're penciled into the Sweet 16. And then after that, it's roll the ball out there and see what happens. But right now, we have five of the – you had 16 regional hosts there in the NCAA baseball tournament. Five of them didn't make it to the Supers. Five of them had home field advantage and lost in their home regional. They were, they were looked at as, quote-unquote, the top one of the top 16 teams, and they didn't make it. The so, one from the ACC being Miami, who yeah, I really loved their chances going into they went it. Out quickly. And they were over and done. Bang, bang, gone. See ya. That's how it works. Had Yo-Yo Morales hitting three home runs in a game and still Still lost lost. the regional. Lost two uh, one-run games to to get eliminated. Uh, Next tweet is from Rich, who says, I would have to say the baseball tournament. In March Madness, you can almost predict what will happen. In baseball, anything can happen. I don't know if you can almost predict what will happen in March Madness. I haven't won an office pool since 1947. So I think that's one of those things like it's it's a right. challenge. You get, you're filling out your bracket. I'm crinkling that thing up as soon as they tip it off on Friday. That's right. But by and large, you kind of have the handful of five or six teams metrically. I mean, analytics can help you fill out your bracket or at least go, here are the number of teams that have a chance to win the national championship. With baseball, I mean – Good luck. Even Brad Pitt and Moneyball. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Good luck. Spreadsheet. Uh, next week, uh, next tweet comes from uh, Douglas Harris, who says, it's golf. 
There's a new nomination. He says it's golf. The grind of consecutive days of stroke play just to get the match play. If two players have a bad round, they can wipe a team out of contention, then factor in the uncertainty of weather and, of course, the course layout. Now, golf is difficult. I can vouch for that one. The most difficult, but I think if you go back to the history of the NCAA golf championships, uh, for the most part, if I'm not mistaken, I think the top eight seeds all advanced the match play this year which is about as chalk as you can possibly get. I'm looking at Wikipedia because it's all true because anyone can update it uh, <laughs> just to see who won the national championships. Boy, this is a long page. This is bad radio. Um, How about television? Yeah. <laughs> but looking at it, let's see. Team titles. Um, yeah, I mean, I, there's probably some accuracy to what he's saying. I don't. I'm not as plugged in in the NCAA golf, but the sport of golf in and of itself. And you could have, you see it in majors with the, the top players firing a great round on, Friday, on but, Thursday and missing the cut on Friday but because I would of do, weather. I would do this, though, uh, without even having the information in front of me. I, I would tell you that the top-seeded team in golf has won much more consistently than baseball. And I would agree with that because you, your scores are who you are. Right, your score, like your time, like in swimming, we know what your times are. We know what it is. Um, we know you're likely going to win. Track and field, the times say this is who's going to win, and those times really don't change and fluctuate too much. Now, the weather is a notion that um, can impact things. Do you know who's won the most NCAA golf championships? Is it Houston? It's Houston. Oh, look at you. 16. You know why? NCAA titles. Because Jim Nance was, went low. That's I gonna, why. I was going to say that. No, it's, it's Jim Nance. Last title, though, in 1985. They've no. fallen on hard times. Well, you know, and now that it got Nance out of there, they can't beat anybody. That's how it works. <laughs> Let me get to one more tweet. It comes from BJ, who says, it's wrestling. Wrestling. Now, we've had a couple of nominations with wrestling. He said, some of the best wrestlers of all time were not able to get an NCAA title. I know it's said about other sports, but truly, anyone that shows up that weekend can win. Toss seeds out the window, Matt Schick. We need Mike Cousins uh, on the line. We need to call him up. Mike, how challenging is it with these indiv- the individual titles? I would I would agree with that. The team titles, again, a handful of teams when you get there that you understand. But to, the, the course of the season, I would say the grueling nature of the sport would give a lot of credence to that, to that opinion. There you go. All right, more tweets come up later on. As I mentioned, a number of guests coming up. Matt uh, Ryan Matz from Virginia Tech will join us at the top of the hour. And Scott Forbes, the North Carolina baseball coach, will join us around 930. We'll take phone calls, too, if you're in the mood at 844-SAY-ACCN. Social media, you know how we roll on that bad boy. Got Matt Chick. He's filling in for West Durham. I'm Mark Packer. When we come back, we're going to brag a little bit. Yeah, that's the least we can do. Conference has been pretty good when it comes to this football, basketball, baseball, softball routine. We'll explain when we return right here on ACC Network. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer and Durham, we get ready to wrap up our number two, 844-SAY-ACCN, the number for the program. I mentioned this earlier today on the show. This is a bar bet. Since 2015, the Atlantic Coast Conference is the only league on the planet, the only league on the planet, to have won the national championship in college football, men's basketball, 
women's basketball, baseball, and softball. What? That is it. What? Take it to the bank. Matt Schick has got this memorized. Look at this graphic. Since 2015, Duke men's hoops, Virginia, Brian O'Connor, North Carolina men's hoops, Florida State, Lonnie Almeida. Look at that. Notre Dame and Muffet McGraw, Clemson, two national championships. That's a pretty powerful graphic. And one, two, three, four, five, six different schools winning seven national championships. That's pretty good. Nobody else can bring that to the table. So we just pointed out to you. Again, we've been talking about how difficult it is to win it all in Omaha. We'll see how that plays out beginning on Friday. Four ACC teams get ready for the Super Bowl. You ever been to Omaha for the College World Series? I have, and it's phenomenal. Were you there at Rosenblatt? I never did Rosenblatt. I heard it was fantastic, but I fell in love with Omaha and the event because it is old school. Uh, You kind of feel like you go back in time. There's a purity to it. Uh, The tailgating is great. If you love baseball, it's a no-brainer. It's kind of one of those sports and events, even if you're not a baseball fan, you could go to a session and go, you know what, that was a great day of entertainment. Night, day, whatever the case may be. Food's unbelievable. Town does an amazing job. I mentioned yesterday – Kind of reminds me of what Greensboro mm. does for the ACC men's basketball tournament, oh. right? It just—it's just, it's just an, a, a town that has embraced it, and they want to make sure if you're a visitor that you have the greatest time of your life. I think it's cool how they adopt teams. Uh, once folks show up, doesn't matter what the combinations of uh, teams are from whatever they are around the country. Uh, it, it's an event. I've never met anybody who's gone to the event that's returned home that went, eh, it was okay. I've never met that person. Yeah. Everybody comes back and goes, God, what a great event. There are fans that will go there, like LSU fans, who are like, we're going every year, right. and we don't care if our team's in it. They will it. take And they will you know, get the Cajun food, and they will have their tailgates, and you just walk around. and every, It's just like one big melting pot of people with a he- – and everyone's in a good mood. Everyone's sharing their food, and it's just a really cool environment. I remember you know, living there – and about Rosenblatt, and they're saying, hey, we need to get a new stadium here because we need to make sure that the crown jewel of Omaha stays here. And so they signed to get the new stadium, 25-year agreement, and the, the Omaha is the caretaker of, of that event and does such a great job. And I remember years where you'd have that going on, and then across the street you'd have the U.S. swim trials right. <laughs> going on for the Olympics. Right. I mean, the, the, the city's great. I lived there for many years, so I'm extremely biased, but it's a – Great area, and they did a, an unbelievable job at the stadium. It's uh, th- there's a purity to it, like I said, and it's in this day and age where you know money and everything, and people corporate sponsorships and people losing money. I, I give the NCAA credit in the sense that they were at least smart enough to realize, hey, it's an awesome event. Let's not put this out for bids to the highest. And yeah. I know there was conversation yeah. years and years and years ago. Best thing they really ever did was not touch it. Not touch it, because Omaha's done that good of a job with the deal. And the cool uh, thing that they'll do the night before it all starts, they'll have fireworks, they'll right. parade out all the teams. So good. The fan, and the players get to watch and have this presentation. And, and they're treated like gods, which they, they are. They are. They you know, the, the buses will pull up to the stadium. It was a lot cooler at Rosenblatt because it was right out front of the stadium, and the fans would be right there. And they still are in, in some respects. But the buses are there, and they pull up, they uh, they drop the players off, and the fans are going nuts, and 
it's just a really cool environment. And, and the neat thing is getting to Omaha, getting to the College World Series, you feel like you've won a championship just to get there. It's like a Final Four. You hang your Final Four banner. You hang your Omaha banner and see what happens once you get there. But just getting there, being one of the eight, is just a just an incredible accomplishment. And it's four ACC teams. They're going to try and do it. And I hope, it, to me, I, I really hope Virginia Tech gets there. I, again, I hope that all the ACC teams do, but Virginia Tech in particular, because they are they've never been in the Super Regional. This is a totally new experience for them. Not only this weekend for the Super Regional and the pressure, but if you can punch the ticket and Hokie Nation would travel like crazy to go out to Omaha and maybe bring back a national championship. It'd be very, very It'd be cool. great. The fan, and the fans would adopt a team uh, like that. They love the first-timers. They That's love it. the teams that haven't done it. They love the underdogs. Right. Uh, and Oh, and they would like an excuse to buy a new hat. Oh, we haven't had Virginia Tech. That, too. <laughs> uh, quick break. We come back. Power Hour is next. A couple guests coming your way, including Virginia Tech's very own Ryan Matz. He leads the way next right here. Packer and Durham on ACC Network. Packer and Durham. 